it's great to have uh, Wayne and Sue home with us. Um, you're very welcome. Um, you were here last week, weren't you? But um, and so some people got to see you and hug you and welcome you and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but um, uh, we wanted to give a good bit of time this morning to hear from you guys to your church family and here in Northern Ireland. Um, so um, Wayne was going to speak this morning, but they've been quite sick through the week, but thankfully they were able to make it here, which we love. Um, and so we're, we're going to do it sort of interview style. So um, there's quite a few, I'm sure you've worked this out, that there's quite a few new people that have been a, a, around church, which is wonderful, but maybe people that weren't here when you guys left. So particularly for those people, can you just give us a little idea of just the, the quick brief story of how you found yourself where you, where, where you are in Spain? Is that okay? Yeah, firstly, we just want to say um, how good it is to be back. Every time we come back, we're in a different building, but that's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's just lovely, just so lovely to be here amongst you all, just looking around um, during the worship. But just, yeah, it was just really moving to be here. Mm. Yeah, Thanks. great to be back. Um, goodness, I'm going to start a wee bit further back, but hopefully <laughs> it comes together and how we got to be in Spain. But uh, when I was a boy, I used to read um, the Bible. I was a little bit of a secret closet Christian. I read the Bible, and um, <clears throat> I was just struck by how awesome Jesus was. And, mm. he, like, I just thought if people knew about him, they would want him, you know. And that, that just really struck me, and how committed his followers were to him. They just totally gave their lives. So I was just struck by that, and... That stuck with me, and I became really aware that, um, I guess tying it into the, the living tense theme, that we carry the presence of God, that God, the Holy of Holies is in us, and that people get to know God through us, and really aware that um, there's nations, there's so many peoples in the world that, like, there's just nobody there to share about the good news um so that was kind of in my background and then matthew twenty twenty four says um that you know the direction god's going is he, he's going to come back but he said in matthew twenty four fourteen, i think that the the good news will be proclaimed and sometimes that's you know that's most best done through actual community like us um here but that, um, that that will be before all people, and then the end will come. And so I was like, well, who's going to do something about this was sort of on my heart. So tell us a little bit more then how that part of your story, um, you ended up in Spain. Can you tell us that? Um, yeah, so after we got married, some of you probably know this story quite heard it before but after we got married um we went to london and we were there for about six years um serving with WEC, our mission organization sending people out short-term team short-term people going short-term but it was always in our hearts that we would be going um i guess for me i grew up in west africa and africa was always on my heart um so for me i was always going back to africa hmm. um but then uh, Wayne and I, we were thinking about where to go. And he was like, no, we need to be open to the whole world, <laughs> uh, to what God wants, <laughs> not just what I want. 
So uh, we began to pray, just, okay, God, where do you want us? And um, <clears throat> we saw this ad um, in a magazine with, like, come to Spain and you can do all these different things that were kind of um, our gifts and talents. And so we thought, oh, maybe we could go there. <clears throat> and then um, we decided to take a wee trip to see, is this really where God wants us to be? It was on that trip that God really spoke to me because I was the one who was like, nah, let's not go here. <laughs> and um, I was, we were at a meeting and Jesse was with us. Um, he was getting a bit rowdy. So I took him out to the room um, beside and Wayne was being, he was in the meeting. We didn't have any Spanish, so someone was translating for him. And so I was in that room kind of crying out to God going, I don't want to come here. Um, and I said, if you want me to come here, <laughs> you have to give me the verse you gave me when I went to New Zealand to study. Um, and that was the verse from Isaiah. I can't remember the exact where it's from, but um, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk mm. in it. So I said, I'm not coming here unless you give me that verse. How, um, <laughs> how willing was I? <laughs> um, literally finished praying that prayer and the lady who had been translating for Wayne came in through the doors. She opened both of them together, looked at me and said, you will hear a voice behind you oh. saying, this is the way walk in it. And oh. I was like, what? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, she said, oh, I couldn't remember how to translate that verse. But after that, I had no excuses. And so that was us. Wow. And so tell us, when did you go, Sue? Uh, we went in 2019. So we've been there about four years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. And you see your, your, your father's here with you today. Yes, like Mission here. has kind of been in your blood, really, yeah. and in your family, hasn't it, for many yeah. years? Yeah. And my brother's actually getting to, he's the one that's gone to Africa in the end. Oh, wow. Okay. So we'll get there. And where's he? <laughs> he's in Senegal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is all with WAC, isn't that right? Well, my brother's with Ambassadors Football. Okay. So he does football coaching and bringing Christ through football. Brilliant. Okay. So you've been in Spain since 2019. Can one of you tell us a little bit just about the context and culture of, you know, Spain and the, the kind of mission field there that you're trying to reach? So we're in, in Madrid region. We're in a city called Torrejon, which is 150,000 people. And about 10 minutes up the road, there's another city of 200,000 people. And our team, we have a, ten, a team of about 10 people in our mission. We, we lead this team and we work in those two cities and people work alongside um, churches basically supporting what they're, do what they're doing, um, all sorts of things, very much the same as sort of outreach that you would do here from, from the Connect Cafe to food bank to clothing for people, evangelism on the streets, um, English teaching, yeah, helping people in, in various ways. So just trying to connect. We, um, the context in general... Is, was like in the 70s was 100% Span, uh, Spanish and 100% Catholic. And then um, Franco died and the country kind of opened up a bit and joined the European Union and just <coughs> it became incredibly liberal. Literally millions of people dropped out of the Catholic Church. Um, and like it's very, very liberal, progressive kind of country and culture. But it, at the same time, it's um, got a real super conservative Catholic edge and mm. group as well. Um, and 
um, what was I going to say, in terms of the Protestant church, it was always seen as a, a cult, as this really super minority, what are those people? Mm. Um, really strange, don't talk to them. Um, but now um, it's becoming more and more sort of accepted in a sense. People still have no idea what, what we are and what it is. But um, it's about 1% now in the whole country would be Protestant, which is hardly anything. Because as well, there's been huge immigration into the country. So that church of 1%, one huge part of it is a gypsy church, which is really separate from the Catholic people. And the other part of it is the immigrants that have come in from Latin America, which make up about 70% of most churches. So you imagine that seven families out of ten here would be from somewhere else. And so the whole culture and dynamic is is quite different. Mm. Um, <coughs> so there's a real yeah. there's a real sense of then um, indigenous Spanish people, you know, really longing to see them encounter the Lord in a in a fresh and dynamic way. Exactly, yeah. And figuring out a way of doing that because interestingly, if you if you win someone to Christ and they start getting their hearts stirred to come to back to God on the street, they will start, they will go back to the Catholic Church and start being fed in there in a sense and they don't feel comfortable or welcome in a, mm. a Protestant church mm. environment. So it's figuring out how to connect them in. Um, so we've seen an amazing, amazing example where a church um, started to just encourage small groups and develop them in a way that people would come into the small family environment and they would be discipled there for quite a while, maybe even until they're baptized, before they even came into the bigger environment. And that seemed to really work well. Like, for example, they said this year from January to April when we were speaking to them, hearing from them, a um, hundred people had come to the Lord wow. through these small groups and mm. stuff, which was incredible. Um, but at the same time, the, the cult, we have a cultural challenge inside the evangelical church is that the, generally the evangelical church is very sort of defensive and not really wanting to go out too much or um, give people too much, um, empower people too much in a sense in terms of having their own home group. Most churches are resistant to having home groups or small groups. They just do the meeting together and it's quite sort of, controlled in a sense so it's a challenge to change the culture almost inside the evangelical church mm. or the mindset mm. um, Good. so yeah. uh, it's important that everybody knows um that we um most of you do know this but we support Wayne and sue monthly uh, financially we do that but maybe as importantly prayerfully um keith and sharon um are our elders here um along with a group of kind of core members here uh, meet monthly and pray um, with and for um, Wayne and Sue, which is amazing um, that um, we've got a bunch of people in church that are committed to that kind of assignment. Because we often like to say here, if you're not part of the going, you should be part of the sending. And uh, it is part of how the local church works together. And so, But just with that in mind, you know, we, we want the wider body to really, you know, understand how we can partner with you in prayer and keep you um, in, in our uh, the forefront of our thoughts and minds. So what are some of the things that you're maybe focusing on 
over the next wee while or at the moment that we can make sure we're doing that effectively? Yeah, we're, we're really um, praying for a change in our own mindset in a sense as well, where we would believe the soil is good in Spain and that there will be a response from Spanish people, that we would really have a breakthrough in sowing seeds and, mm. and having f bearing f them bearing fruit. Because it's, like when we first arrived there, we were told, you know, people, Spanish people are really hard, takes years. <laughs> it's, it's really tough. This is the missionary graveyard. It's kind of like, really, you're just like, whoa. Oh, thanks for the welcome. You know? um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll try and hang in here. Um, it's kind of, <clears throat> but then just, just this idea that um, there's the four different types of soil and you can sow into them. And one of those types of soil was good. You know, and it's actually the farmer. There's this little parable about the um, about the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God like? Well, Jesus said it's like a farmer who sows seed, and then he goes home. He goes to sleep. He has a rest. He doesn't do anything, but then the seeds grow, and that's what the kingdom of God's like. So it's like you just and kind of kind of just that we would have breakthrough in sowing and then just resting doing what we need to do and trusting God to, to bring the fruit um, is kind of what we're trying to do in our own organization, but maybe across into churches as well. Ideally, breakthrough in starting discipleship groups and in churches, be more open to more relational discipleship mm. and empowering people to make disciples. Mm. That kind of thing. Very nice. So Sue's got some. No, just also you could pray for our Spanish. Um, the kids are totally fluent now, but we are lagging behind a little <laughs> bit. Um, so, yeah, um, just that we could improve our level of Spanish. It would really help us a lot. Um, just doing things. Um, we can get by and have conversations and, and, yeah, live life. But just to really go deeper with people and with um, more ease. Yeah, it would be really good. And just to pray for our kids. They've really settled in well. They have friends and they're really happy. Um, but just reflecting that they have three countries in the mix. They have New Zealand, they have Ireland, they have Spain. And whilst that's really rich for them, they get a lot of, um, see a lot of different things and meet a lot of different people and have family all over the world. It's also a bit unsettling mm. for them. Um, Jesse just... He's, why can't we live in New Zealand? <laughs> why can't we live here? <laughs> and, um, you know, they've eaten all Cheerios in Northern Ireland, I think, <laughs> since they got here. Um, but, yeah, just for their little hearts, um, just mm. to be at peace. And we've always encouraged that, you know, God didn't just take us to Spain or call us to Spain, but he called us as a family, so they're part of this journey. Um, mm. You know, uh, so, yeah, just pray for them as they navigate three different places. Yeah, sure. Yeah, a concrete thing that we really want to do in this autumn is actually start some alpha groups mm. and for our team of 10 to, to work more closely together in focused direction like that to get some concrete things going and, mm. and right. see where God leads. That's brilliant. And then finally, just um, is there anything in your heart that you guys just would like to share with us? Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be spellbinding or anything, but <laughs> is there anything that you just feel like um, we obviously 
we, we do. The great thing has been actually when, when um, Wayne and Sue first left, it wasn't too long until COVID came. So we were able to see them nearly almost every Sunday, like everybody else, which was, was wonderful. And it, it really did um, help prevent that kind of out of sight, out of mind thing. And we're just conscious that we want to work hard that that doesn't happen. And we're so grateful for the updates from Keith and Sharon and the group who are praying in that regard. But we just we want to really continue to feel knitted to you guys in spirit and in heart and in the practicalities of what you're doing. So is there anything you'd just love to say to, to us in that regard? Goodness, I um, just thank you so much. It's been really good to be here this morning and just a sense of of unity and and worship and, and love for one another. And to be honest, I struggle to love people, if I'm really honest, sometimes. <laughs> and um, But that's what I feel is the, the mm. challenge I feel on my heart. I want to grow in, and I just, I'll share it with you, just that Jesus gave that new command mm. at the end, like just the last thing he was saying just about was like love one another. And I just thought, I used to think, well, how's that new? What are you talking about? Is love your neighbor as yourself. He's always been this love for people thing. But he, he changed it by saying, not as you love yourself, because sometimes I don't love myself that well, so I can get away with it with my neighbor, you know, and, <laughs> and it's just normal. <laughs> but actually, he said, as I've loved you. It's mm, good which is just raising the bar so much, isn't it? Mm. And just that challenge to, um, in some ways, wash one another's feet to really be, um, in a sense, intimate, to not be aware of one another, to, to um, be vulnerable. Um, where is it that we... Uh, working this out, I'm not... I mean, you can't force any of this. This is... Um, this is deep, and I think it's really, really powerful when we do really love one another in that way. And and mm. what was I going to say? I mean, it's wonderful to have a new building. It, it's incredible, the story of this new building coming and just how amazing it is. But I just wanted to encourage you, don't be limited to a building, to invest in one another. And I thought of the, you know, the lamps. You've been doing this series in the lamps in the tabernacle. And the oil for the lamps was pure pressed olive oil that was given by all the Israelites. They had mm. to keep giving this olive oil. They had to keep providing the fuel for the lamp so that the witness, the light would shine and reveal. And I just wondered, maybe there's something about the quality of our relationships as we're pressed together and the pure oil comes out mm, that provides, provides the fuel for the for the witness, the testimony, and the glory of the Lord to shine. Mm. And so, it's brilliant. can I pray? Love you too, yeah. Uh, Father God, Lord, I just um, pray that we would really uh, live in and understand the, the fact that the, the curtain has been torn and that the Spirit is is on the loose in the streets that you are sort of out in the world and that you want all the world, um, that your your heart is and your promise is that your the knowledge of your glory would be mm. over all the earth as the waters cover the sea. And 
Lord, thank you that we are the holy of holies in a sense, that you are in us. Lord, would you give us that confidence to ask mm. you face to face? Um, yeah. That your glory would come on us, that your glory would come on, on me and you, and that we'd live in your glory wherever we are and display your self-giving love as Jesus did. Lord, would you knit us together and um, just deepen the love among us that your light would shine in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you both. Can we give these guys a round of applause? As they we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray for you guys in a moment or two, but we have your, take, take a seat because I'd love us to do this as we break bread together at the end. I'd love us to gather around Wayne and Sue and uh, pray, for, pray for them. And uh, they're, they're here for another week or so, going over to see some friends and mission partners in England um, next weekend. Um, so let's um, let's get around them in a moment or two. I just want to share a couple of thoughts. Don't worry, I'm only going to be five minutes or so to lead us into communion. Um, just as we try to tie this summer series together, um, because we're heading into September, as you know, next year. Um, on the screen is our vision statement, which we'll be referring to in a moment. Um, it's uh, uh, how to rewrite the story, to help Emmanuel's exist, to help rewrite the story of Kurgavan, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. Um, and uh, that, that's that's our vision. And I, I guess, like, over the years, God has really done something in our hearts for the city of Kurgavan. And uh, our, our vision and strategy, if you like, is becoming more and more clear and pronounced. And we talk a lot about it. Um, I think our vision for Ireland has been growing and evolving with um, the work of Tabar and um, the different churches that we're networked to and the new festival. And that vision hopefully comes quite through quite strong. We want to see God really move in Ireland. But it's really important that we don't forget about the nations. And um, that, that is uh, part of the Great Commission, as, as we know. And um, we, we need to hear stories of what we've just heard of Wayne and Sue. We, we need to continually get drip-fed with these stories of people who are literally prepared to pack up everything, give up everything, and, and move for the sake of the gospel and for a partnership with others in um, the furthering of the kingdom. And as Wayne said, on, that every nation would know. And just on that, um, as long as well as the inspiration that Wayne and Sue's life give us, I think there's a picture on the screen. It's a bit of a funny picture, but it's a it's a it's a serious one. And you'll sometimes you'll remember David and Cheryl Bailey were here a few weeks ago. <coughs> Rather miraculously, it's worked out that they are off. That's them leaving their house yesterday, packing up all their possessions in a car and driving yesterday to Ballina, where they in the west of Ireland are going to live. They just, in two, three weeks, something came through for them to have a house. They've had to move quickly to get all their kids, three boys, into new schools. And, and now they're going to go and pioneer work there to see a church planted right out west in Ireland. And um, it's, it's important that we remember these stories. It's important that we are challenged and inspired. It's not that we all necessarily have to leave home to do it, but we have to all be part of the Great Commission. And, uh, and I just wanted to take a moment to inform you that as a church, we, we want to do that. And as a leadership, we want to make decisions and how we do that. A few weeks ago, just at the end of the summer, or sorry, just at the end of June, before the summer, if you were here, um, we spoke one morning a little bit more on the Great Commission. 
and we updated you on some of the ways that we give every month. Um, from our beginnings of Emmanuel, we always tried to have a practice that the money that came in, that people gave and tithed in, that we would obviously use it in this local area to reach those around us, but we would also give a good bit of it away, at least a kind of tenth of it as well, that we would tithe what comes in into other mission partners so that we could continue our desire to be part of this bigger story that we're part of. And we mentioned a number of them. But when we looked at the figures, because of the way people have given here and the way God has blessed us and the economy of the kingdom that we are learning together, and as we talked about biblical stewardship and what that looks like, our, our, our giving has gone up a lot, as well as now, I, just want you to, I just want you to listen to this for a minute. We've, we're not even six years old. Now, there's been a couple of big gifts, but in those six years, we've raised £920,000 towards this building. That, and that, that has come through one or two big gifts, but mostly people here sacrificially giving, entering into the economy of God's kingdom and being able to be understand the principle that we are blessed we're allowed to be blessed because God is a blessing, God, in order to be a blessing. This is biblical stewardship. And so because of that, we felt that we needed to up what we give away 